I'm going to use this tonight because that thing makes me feel very short. been a long week. Are we good? We're all good? Excellent. I love that song. You totally threw me there. I saw the screen and it said like break every chain. I'm like, oh no, she's got the wrong song. And then you totally threw me. That was awesome. My heart's pumping. That was really, really good. Thank you. Um, so good evening. I've said that already. I'm going to apologize. When I get tired, my words sometimes mix up. So if I say the wrong words... It's just because my brain's not functioning at 100% right now, but that's okay. Yeah, Ryder. <laughs> I love that kid. Um, so I get a really, really fun topic to talk about, and I do. And I was at the breakthrough sessions on Friday night, and I was all pumped for tonight. Um, and I'm like, yep, I've got my sermon done. It's all good. It's all there in my head. And then Ben turned around to me and said, oh, you've got to follow Steph. And I went, oh. So if you weren't here this morning, Steph Ty spoke. And apparently it was amazing. I haven't listened to it yet because I didn't want to go, oh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> so I'm going to listen to it later. But apparently it was amazing, which was great to have her here and speak. And it was a great morning. So I wanted to speak a little bit about me um, and as I grew up, I've spoken a little bit about me because usually we always have a bit of a story about, you know, relates, kind of can relate back. Um, And I wanted to let you guys know that as I grew up in... Actually, sorry, I'm going to start again because my head's all over the place. I grew up in a semi-Christian home and I'm going to say semi because we went to church we learnt about God, we went to a Christian school, we knew what to do, we celebrated Christmas, we celebrated Easter, but we actually didn't really live a Christian lifestyle in our household. My mum didn't go to church, she doesn't believe in God. My dad took us to church and he was the one that kind of like took us along to kids camp out and he was actually really, really involved in church. He ran some of the children's ministry, um, organised Casey yeah, KCO, cooker camp out back then. Um, we went to kids, kids club on a Friday night, which was amazing. Um, so I did that kind of stuff. So I had my Christian lifestyle and then I had my kind of non-Christian lifestyle. Like I was 10, 12, so I wasn't like super bad, but I had my two different types of lifestyles. And then with me going to a Christian school, I was really... Um, we got, I got invited to a event called Youth Alive. Now, I don't know if I've spoken to you about Youth Alive before. Our Youth Alives back in the 90s were like entertainment centre filled to the brim of people. It was like loud. It was so amazing. There was nothing like it. And if we can actually change our church and start doing that again, there is going to be some massive different revelations within the kids. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It was, we had back then, Paradise Church would come and do the worship. It was everything you wanted in a concert with 
a gospel message and it was just amazing. And about 15 years old, I went with a group of friends and I sat at the entertainment centre right up the back, you know, where you kind of touch the, the roof. We were right at the back and, yeah, nosebleed section. And um, it was a massive big walk down and they did an altar call. And out of all my friends, I decided that I was going to go down and do this altar call. So I went down. I'm like, yep, I'm going to give my life to Christ. I never did it before when I was at, ch- you know, at church. I was there with my dad and that kind of stuff. And I went down there and we got taken into like a back room and there was leaders and they kind of prayed for us and, and we gave our life to Christ and then we left. But there was no follow-up. We were just left. There was not a, oh, you know, are you going to church? What are you doing in your Christian walk? How, you, how Are you reading the Bible? How are you going with that? There was nothing. So once again, I had, I'd given my life to Christ, but yet I had stepped back into that world of not living a really Christian lifestyle. And it ended up that I wasn't discipled by the word of God and I wasn't discipled by God's spirit. I was actually discipled by what the world was saying. I grew up in year 12 and and stuff like that and I started working and um, it was okay to do drugs. It was okay to um, block ears, Cooper and Grace, block them, block them. It was okay to have sex before marriage. It was, everyone was doing it. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't, you know, there was nothing that we were doing wrong that we thought. Um, And we did it because we were wanting to fit in and we did it because we wanted, it was the norm back then. We, You know, I grew up not having the whole Bible discipling me. I had what the world thought was okay and what us as a year 12s thought was okay discipling me and you know what I didn't actually think anything was wrong about what I was doing I was doing okay I had friends I had a job I had good family it was okay my life was good and I just kept journaling down that path just kept going I kept going out and partying I kept doing some stuff that I really, really shouldn't have done because it was the easy path. Everyone was doing it. It didn't matter if we were doing it. Everyone was doing it. And I perceived this really, I still do, I suppose, this nice girl image. I was the nice girl. I was doing good deeds, I was nice to everybody, but still I wasn't living the Christian lifestyle. But yet I had given my life to Christ three or four years ago, but nothing had come of it. And I listened to the voices of what the world was saying, and I ended up believing that that was okay. My lifestyle was fine. I was okay. And what I want to ask you tonight is that... Sometimes when we're faced with conflicting voices telling us, we're sorry, we're faced with conflicting voices telling us stuff all the time, that the social norm is okay. We're told that money will fix everything. You heard that term, ladies and gentlemen? Yes. Money will fix everything. 
Okay, I hate this one. You can find your self-worth on social media. How many likes you have means how many friends you have and how much people follow you and you can find your like. I'm just jump. Did anyone hear about, you know, face no, Instagram taking away the likes? Did anyone hear about the girl crying because she can't see her likes now? How like how bad is her self-worth that she has to see the likes on Instagram to know how good she is? But yet, that's perfectly okay. People pay people to do that kind of stuff because they get the likes and they get the comments and that's perfectly okay because it's a social norm. What about this one? You're not worthy enough to do that. What about this kicker? You're not loved enough. And when we listen to these conflicting voices, they start to soak in. They start to soak into our heart and our mind and our soul. And when they start to do that, it blocks our heart from what God's trying to say to us. It blocks our heart from experiencing God's love for us. And it takes us on a path that is totally away from God. And do you know what? We might think that we're in a day and age where this is only just happening now, that it's only this type of, you know, everything that's happening with social media and, you know, everything that's happening, it's only happening now. No one else could experience this type of um, influence or or, um, worldly voices. But actually, um, it's not. Um, Paul writes in his letter to Timothy. Sorry. Thank you, David. So in 1 Timothy 3, 14, 4 to 5. So Timothy is writing, no, sorry, Paul is writing to Timothy um, and he is currently um, being sent out to look after some churches. And Paul's writing and he says, I am writing you these things, I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of the truth. Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body, was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. Now the Holy Spirit clearly tells us in the last time some will turn away from the faith, the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods but god created these foods to be eaten with the thanks of eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth since everything god created is good we should not reject any of it but receive it with thanks for we know it is made acceptable by the word of god and prayer in this um, passage there was a group of, I read into this, they were saying there were Greek 
there were Greek Christians and basically what they were saying was that um, you couldn't marry someone because if you gave your body to someone else that was unholy and then they were going back also saying about how you know in the Old Testament where you couldn't eat certain foods but the thing is we discussed this a little while ago about how when um, Paul, <laughs> um, Paul said um, and I can't remember who he said it to but we did it and it was basically with God's coming and his death it's his death and his resurrection everything is clean for us because he created it for us and when we eat it in thanksgiving it is good we're not being told at the moment that we can't marry people we're not being told at the moment that we can't eat certain foods but we are definitely being told in this day and age that there is things that we should be that we are allowed to do we know deep down in our heart that we shouldn't be doing. And with that, with those things that we do and those things that we listen to, those voices, it's taking us even further away from Christ. But the truth is, and the absolute truth that we need to live our life by is in verse 6. Can we bring that back up? Christ was received in human body and was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and he was taken up in glory. God came to save us. He gave himself on the cross. He died for you and for me because he loves us. That's all that really matters. That is the whole truth that we should be listening to. We shouldn't be listening to the things where we're getting told that, you know, God doesn't care because he is sending, you know, 20 people got killed in, where is it? Texas. 20 people got killed in Texas. People are telling us God's not real because that can happen. People are telling us that God doesn't care because over in overseas countries people are starving. But the truth is, he does care. And it's because of our sin and things that have happened to us in the past that evil is allowed on the world. But when we put this in perspective, sorry, when we put this in perspective and we believe this wholeheartedly, this is the truth. And we're always, always going to hear conflicting voices. It's the world we live in. But Jesus said in Matthew seven thirteen to 15, Enter the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and a way, the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Oh, that, oh, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. I've done too much singing this weekend. My voice is so dry. I lost my pen. I was living on the easy path. I was living on the path that was easy because every single person was doing it. And it took some courage to actually go through the narrow door. 
it took some courage to actually say, hey, I have sin. I've done some bad things in my life, some things that are not holy in God's eyes. But yet when I stood and I gave my life to Christ again, he took that all away. It doesn't matter that what I did when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, it doesn't matter because what matters right now is how I'm living my life and I'm living it by that truth, that truth that God loves me, that he sent his only son for me to cleanse my sins so I can spend eternity in heaven with him. And you know what? Sometimes that can be so hard. The easy options can sometimes look so appealing, like so appealing, because sometimes with us stepping into the narrow path, we're going against what our friends or our family believe. You know, I've been told that joining a church is like joining a cult. You know, people have that perception of what we do and how we are here, and they don't understand But when we take the wild path, we get discipled by the world, what they think is the norm, what they think is okay. But when we take the narrow path, we get discipled by this right here, the word, the word of Christ. And the word of Christ is good. And the word of Christ brings life. And the word of Christ is love. I love this next path, and we're going to bring that up. I love this one. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created, him through, God created everything through him and everything was created, ex- nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everybody. We are created by that same light. We are created by God's love for us. That is the one truth that we need to stand on. That's the one truth that we need to hold dear. And it's the one truth we can't let the social norm take from us. I'm going to go a little bit off topic because when we're talking about God's love, um, I had a meeting with... Sarah Bruker, who works at Settlers Farm the other day, um, and we were discussing some stuff, and we were beforehand during that day, I had had Susie. Do we all know Susie from... Yeah, she's gorgeous. She's so cute. She came into the office and she said, Alisa, can I speak to you? I said, yeah, sure, that's fine. Yep, no problem. And she came into my office and she said, I've been praying. Can I tell you my prayers? And okay, everyone... Don't tell Susie that I told you these prayers because they were confidential. Alrighty, we're going to have that. I've been praying for someone to bring me paper and someone to bring me knitting stuff and some beads. I've been praying for someone to bring me beads. Don't tell anyone. And I'm like, okay, Susie, that's fine. I'm not going to tell anyone. And I said, well, I can do the paper thing. So I went and got her some paper and she was so excited. I got a pink and blue lined paper and oh my gosh, she was so excited. And we talked for a little bit and then she walked out and she said, Alisa, can I pray for you? 
And I said, yes, you can pray for me, Susie. So we went back into my office and we prayed. And she said, Lord, I pray for this girl here that you will bless her. Lord, I pray for me that you will heal me when I'm sick, that you will heal my friends when they are sick. And she took a pause. And she said, Lord, I pray for the ambulances and the fire engines because they have flashing lights. And I cried because her absolute love for the Lord, it didn't matter what she was praying about. She was praying and she was praising. And we had that happen during the day. And then I had this discussion with Sarah and we were discussing kids' prayers. Kids' prayers are awesome. We were talking about her son has started to get into um, saying grace for supper before dinner and she was so her older son um is about 10 I believe and she was he was praying for supper and he goes Lord I thank you for this food and I thank you for this house and I thank you for this family Lord I thank you for my school I thank you for my friends I thank you for and just kept going and going and going and she's like I've got to wrap this up because dinner is going to be cold And it got us talking about how innocent prayers of children are because they don't care about all the mumbo-jumbo about everything that's being said in everything that life gets thrown in at them. All they know is that God loves them. Right at that moment, God loves them. And then I got thinking about Susie's prayer where she is not definitely not coming to the end of her life, but she is probably her mental awareness is not 100% where it was when she was a strapping young lady. But her absolute love for God was right there in that prayer. And we have these two arcs, these two points. And sometimes we really arc and we go down. As we get, we grow and we get older and stuff influences our lives and, and we hear about stuff and you know stuff starts happening with theology and discussions on theology and everything get can get so absolute mumbled sometimes when we're a Christian but if we start with this point here where the kids are saying God loves me I don't have to tell the kids at Sunday school that God loves them because they know it and they sing about it and I don't have to tell the people, the men and women on the other spectrum, on the other side, because they know it and they've experienced it. And I just wanted to speak about that tonight because it's been sitting on my heart because sometimes we make it so hard. We make Christianity so hard because we feel like we have to jump through hoops sometimes. But really, it's that basic. It's in verse 6. God came for us. He died for us. He rose again because he loves us. And with that truth, we can continue on our life, using that in our heart to block anything that comes in that shouldn't be there. So I'm going to ask you to stand. And we're going to pray. 
and we're going to pray like I pray in glow. How's that? I'm going to bring glow into here. So, if you long for God to touch your heart again, like he did when you were a child, or if you didn't know God when you were a child, but you want that childlike love again, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and put your hands over your head so no one can see what everyone's doing. And I'm going to ask you to put your hands out if you need help in any type of situation, any lies that are in your head right now, any lies that you cannot break through, I'm going to ask you to put your hands out. And we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the birds outside and we thank you for the sun up above, Lord. And we thank you that you love us so much that you would give your son to us, that you would send him down to, to, from heaven to earth to die for us and Lord when our hands are on our heart we're praying that Lord we want you to regenerate our heart for the love that we had for you when we were a child that absolute awe that we had of just knowing that you were good and that you loved us Lord and Lord if our hands are out Lord we are dealing with some stuff that only you can break through Lord, we ask for breakthrough during this time, that you will break those lies, that you will break those chains, Lord. Break them now in your name, Lord. And Lord, we pray that we bless these people. We bless them as they go out today. Because you are, because we are all children of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say... Please stay standing. We are going to sing I Surrender. And 